Hi, and welcome to episode 180 of No Crying in Baseball, the I Can Smell Opening Day from Here episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Who are hey, you? I'm doing all right. Things are things are looking up. I feel like we should have some dance tunes on. Like as soon as you said I can smell opening day, I was like ready to start boogieing. I'm on spring break. Opening day is coming. I have a mezcal margarita, mint mezcal mm, margarita right now because it's really Passover. Mm, and the margarita, and I'm so jealous. Although I do have a very delicious All My Nomies beer from Silver Branch, which makes me happy, but I didn't realize that a mezcal mm, margarita was an option. Yeah, Maybe well, in two weeks when I have superpowers and we can be together, I can hey, have a bartender up. at your place make me a mm, margarita. Well, we can definitely work that out. Sounds good. Cheers. Hey, on today's show, we are cross-training with the NWHL. We've got the baseball police, for God's sake. We've got the Red Sox, which fall, flow right into our COVID report. We're going to make Georgia pay for voter suppression. Watch out. Get in line. There's some major injuries affecting opening day rosters. We've got our starting lineups for the NCIB Fantasy Boyfriend Baseball League. Woohoo! We've got our predictions, which are always rock solid for the coming season. And in international <laughs> baseball, there's a new monkey in town. Let's start with some hockey. All right. I feel crappy that I missed this. So I was kind of paying attention when the NWHL was playing in the bubble and they were being so careful about it that when things got rough, they stopped. And so they stopped playing for a while. And then I saw the news that they were going to go back and play for the Isabel Cup, which you all know is Lord Stanley's daughter, who also enjoyed hockey. So I missed the game, though. I missed the fact that they had uh, playoffs on Friday night, 26th, and they won. And even though I wrote this down wrong in my notes, I know this is Saturday, the 27th. And who won? Boston, the Boston Pride, becoming the only NWHL team to have won twice. So... There you go. Shipping up to Boston. I love it. Very exciting. Congratulations to the Boston Pride. MLB now has the baseball police. They've decided, the league has decided that they're going to finally crack down on pitchers who use foreign substances <laughs> on baseball. So you know who does that? Everybody. You right. know how much they do that? All the time. So, and that's one of the things people have said, it's like, well, you know, if you're not going to enforce it, who cares? And so I guess the league said, all right, got you there. We're going to enforce it. Let me tell you how they're going to enforce it. Do you want to hear about this? Oh, sure. Yeah. All right. So first they're going to use StatCast to do spin rate analysis. And they're going to, because using a foreign substance on the baseball helps you increase your spin rate. So they're going to compare spin rates, but to what? If you've been using substances all along, <laughs> right. that's what your normal is, right? Yeah. Or if you have been working with your coaches to increase your spin rate, you may have increased your spin rate because of mechanics. So what the heck is that going to be? I have no idea what that's going to be. But we've also got hall monitors now. I think they're going to wear those little, you know, the, the sashes with the with the badges and all that on there. They're game day compliance monitors. These are humans who have the thank, thankless job of, watching dugouts, bullpens, tunnels, batting cages, looking for suspicious application of foreign substances to baseballs. So wait, wait, let me get this. The whole job is just like wearing the cool little little sash, the glow-in-the-dark sash, and looking around at baseball dugouts? Where do I apply? 
It's definitely the looking around. I hope they at least get to wear that glow in the dark sash because otherwise, what's the point of all this? They get right. to file daily reports. So I do know you like the paperwork. I, th- I would be totally fine with like snooping around during baseball games and doing some paperwork. That's um, sign me up. Except you would totally be the man. You would be the narc. But I wouldn't narc on anybody. I'd be like, I. So you'd be bad cool. at this job. You'd right, be right. Bad at this job. Okay. Well, then <laughs> nobody because. No one can be good at this job. Right. No so what if the one of the, the things that's going to happen is baseballs that somebody suspects may have been tampered with. Can I just tell you, the Washington Post used the word tainted. And once again, it was going to be two weeks in a row where I sang soft sell because now, now it's tainted balls, baby. <laughs> Last <laughs> week we had tainted balls. rings. Uh-oh. Now we have tainted balls. It goes okay. better. Right, doesn't it though? Mm-hmm. So um, you know, an umpire can continue to enforce it as they occasionally capriciously do say, Hey, I think you're doing something, you know, stop it. And they take the ball out. So, so when either a hall monitor or an umpire suspects that a ball has been tampered with, they can pull that one and send it to the commissioner's office where they have a third party lab that will run tests on it, which so I saw somebody on Twitter, question the whole chain of custody about this, which I totally <laughs> buy into. It's like, really, right. how many people have had contact with a particular baseball, right? Or they can pull them because of spin rate analysis, in which case they're going to do that later, right? So how do they figure out which ball was the one that needs to be tested? And they're also going to do randomized testing. Like, okay, we haven't we haven't pulled one of these and, you know, 17 innings. Let's let's grab that one and see what happens. Wow. I just don't really think this is a great idea. So the players can be disciplined either by the umps during the game, like if they get caught during the game, or through this like post-game testing. But also team personnel, if they have helped, you know, and we've talked about um like clubhouse staff who have like arranged for like visiting pitchers to get, you know, get the good stuff to, you know to tamper, to taint mm-hmm. their balls with, shall I say, <laughs> those team personnel, if they're involved, can be fined or suspended. So not just players, but also team personnel. Wow. Anybody messing with the balls. Anybody. So in the past, nobody narked on anybody else. Like You would never narc on the other team unless you were sure your team wasn't doing it because right. of mutually assured destruction, right? I mean, everybody did it. So if you complain about that team, they'll say, okay, how about you? And then everybody's out. I, I wonder... If this is because Trevor Bauer did their homework for them, because all this planning about studying the spin rate is exactly what he did sort of on his own last year. And then his own spin rate increased. And there was a lot of, you know, because he was blaming it previously on substances and then he magically improved his there was a lot of comment about, huh, maybe he's using it now, too. And I don't know if that, you know, brought it to the level of all right, MLB, you got to deal with it because like he had stuff out there. Well, what he did call out was the absolute truth that you say it's against the rules, but you don't enforce it. So pick a freaking side. And I guess they picked a side. I mean, he may have forced that hand, but that's exactly what he was saying. It was like, you can't say this is a rule if you don't enforce it. So why would anybody not do it? Right. I'm wondering if they used his his data. Like that would be (laughs) funny. Like let him do the work. Well, you know, batters, batters don't mind a little bit of pine tar because it gives the pitcher more control. Right. If, if you know, if they're throwing a slippery baseball, it's, I think it's more likely to hit somebody in the head. Yep. So mm, there's a lot going on here. So now we have the baseball police 
Yeah, and I and honestly, yeah, I'd be pro pine tar. Like what what I like pretty pretty pitches and nobody getting hit in the head. Like that sounds fine to me. Just legalize it. Legalize it. You know? Or de- defund the baseball police. Right. Huh? Huh? <laughs> yes. Huh? Oh. All right. I'm gonna say stuff. Um Are I'm you? Say, yeah, I, I just realized I'm gonna say go? stuff. It's going really well. It's it's getting down there. I'm in that bottom part of the margarita glass. Wait a minute. How there's there was there's so much mezcal in there and you're all wow yeah all right so I'm going to talk about the Red Sox because it's a good time to talk about the Red Sox after I've had a a good amount of mezcal and I'm sorry like I try not to do this on a weekly basis because it is my home team um but stuff has been happening we talked about how Eduardo Rodriguez was gonna be having opening day after overcoming COVID and myocarditis and it turns out he is not going to be pitching on opening day. And I just also wanted to issue an apology for last week. I just said Erod last week when I listened, when I was editing, I was like, man, I didn't say that the man's name, Eduardo Rodriguez, that's who it is. But he has what Alex Cora is referring to as a dead arm. That does not sound okay in any way. That sounds really shitty. And I tried to look into it. Like, what is the definition of a dead arm? And other articles just called it a sore arm. And Alex said that They need to be, he needs to be listening to his body, which I appreciate that they need to do that and taking some time and they're hoping, hoping, hoping it's not going to be too long, but he is not going to make it for opening day. I think they have Nate Evaldian, who I'm also good with, but you know, you, you go through this, we went through this story arc where things got really rough and, oh, this is such a COVID poster case. And then all of a sudden there was going to be a happy ending and it felt like, oh, okay, we can overcome this stuff. And now I kind of feel shitty, like very concerned about him. Who knows? It could be just his arm. I don't know. But if that wasn't enough exciting news about the Red Sox, another pitcher is not making opening day, which is their closer. So that's not a good thing. Matt Barnes. And it's because he tested positive for COVID on these recent tests. He is asymptomatic but he tested positive. So COVID, uh, contact tracing is happening. If anybody else comes up positive, they could be isolated. And of course, opening days in a few days. So if they come up with more Red Sox positive, that's that would suck for the Red Sox. That would suck. So the monitoring testing for the past week tested uh, there were almost 14,000 tests run. Wow. Only two players came up positive, I'm guessing. One of those must be Matt Barnes. Yeah. And the, the other one, I don't know. I will tell you that um, my boyfriend, um, Jared Klenick, is out for a couple days for undisclosed reasons. Oh, hey, wow. Which I don't want to, you know, say things out loud. But in the past, that's what that has meant. In addition to the two players, there are two staff who have tested positive. So, so far, in the monitoring testing stages, 11 teams have had somebody somewhere test positive. Again, those numbers are minuscule. So, yay for baseball as a whole. It's just really sad when you, when, you know, it's, when you put a name on it, that's like, oh, my God, that guy is now not there or can't be there for a while. Then it's really sad. But at a statistical level, it's really pretty good. I'm going to have a sip of beer because I'm going to rant. Oh, I'm okay. I'm going to have a social justice rant. Are you with me? I have so little of this margarita left, but I, I have the salty side. I'll take another sip. Well, we're going to get salty. <laughs> so that, that could work. Oh, I didn't mean to make you laugh while you were no, having good. Sip of that margarita. So, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So Georgia must be punished. Okay. Jim Crow voter suppression crap right. has passed in Georgia. 
so fast and so horrible by a bunch of old white guys and yeah. no one else wants this and they're the ones in power and holy crap. So yeah. here's some things. Here's some things that could happen to make them pay for this. And that means those guys that passed this, the residents of Georgia, I'm okay with you. It's these people in power who are bending rules to benefit only themselves. So the all-star game is scheduled to be hosted by the city of Atlanta this July. There are rumblings of the league should pull out of there and pick a new city, which is hard to do last minute, but they could, and they should. They totally should. They totally should. And so here's all the different angles that people are looking at. Dave Roberts, manager of the Dodgers, who would be the manager of the NL team as the manager of the NL team that went to the World Series, has said he's considering declining to manage the team in the All-Star game if it happens in Atlanta as protest. That he was asked pretty early on before he had a chance to really talk, you know, think about it. So he said, I'm going to look at it, but this is definitely something that I would, you know, be my own personal decision, but I could absolutely see making that decision. Well, as one of the two African-American managers right now, is that right? Yeah. Yep. So fuck yeah. Yep. Yep. And Tony Clark, who's the director of the Players Association, says he very much looks forward to having a conversation about this with the league because he says the players are very much aware of this. And you remember the players did not let Black Lives Matter last summer passed them by. They embraced the social justice yeah. protest. They became part of it. They involved Major League Baseball at a lot of levels. And they're not, I don't believe, are going to let this one slip by. There's precedent for this. In 2017, the NBA moved their all-star game from Charlotte, North Carolina to protest the bathroom bill. That's right. Right? A lot of NCAA stuff came out of of North Carolina because of the bathroom mm -hmm. bill. In, in um, 1993, Phoenix lost the Super Bowl because the voters there failed to make MLK Day a state holiday in 1993. <sighs> oh so it's like, screw you guys, we're out. We are out. In addition to baseball, there are some other things that could happen. Um, Atlanta is in contention to be one of the, um, the 16 World Cup cities for the 2026 World Cup. Ooh. That could go. Good. Sorry, you're no longer in contention. The NCAA should consider removing them as a Final Four host. They were supposed to host last year when there was no Final Four. There was no no NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. So they have said, NCAA has said, we're going to move Atlanta back up on the list because they didn't get their chance. Well, they could remove that. They could get rid of that. There are a lot of things that the sports world could do to say, screw you, Georgia. You screwed up. Now you can't have us. You don't deserve us. Remember Sean Doodle? Sean Doodle's sports are the reward for a functioning society. Your society is not functioning. Too much voter suppression. What the hell are you thinking? We're out. Amen. You got oh. it. <sighs> Nailed that. Well I done. I feel better now. Jesus, I feel better now. Good. I'm going to have a sip of beer and then talk about some injuries because why the hell not? Yeah. That's Wait a minute. Is your margarita empty? It's No, no, no. There's, okay. there's a okay. whole sip and a half left. Look at this. All right. So the problem is when I talk, you get to drink and mm -hmm. you can catch up. Okay. So there's two injuries that really quite affect the opening day rosters. And we're only a few days from opening day. You might've heard me say that. And you may have heard um, Potty Mouse celebrate that just a little bit. A few minutes ago, she's still raising the roof. <laughs> so the White Sox, oh my God. So Aloy Jimenez, my former boyfriend, is out for five to six months with a ruptured 
pectoral tendon. He was trying to rob a home run from the Oakland A's and threw his arm over, you know, a railing up high. And his arm sort of dangled over. He kind of caught it and sort of hung there for a second. And he ruptured a tendon. And wow. it's going to take months. So he might be back in like September, maybe. You know, if the if the White Sox go into the playoffs, he may be around for that. But he could lose a whole season for this. On the other hand, I mean, I'm that's I'm horrified. I'm horrified. Yeah, poor kid. But there's also there's, there's always another end to when someone goes out on injury, somebody else gets a chance. Yep. The guy who's getting a chance is the guy who I picked for my White Sox boyfriend. Oh, hey, Andrew Vaughn. He's been tapped for the left field gig, so he probably would have come up later because of service time and this and that and all. He's getting his shot right now. So I hope he jumps on this and takes advantage of it and does good things with it. The White Sox are going to need him badly because Jimenez is a really important part of that lineup. All right. In Yankees land, home run king Luke Voigt is out for a month for surgery to repair a torn meniscus, repair his knee. And that's bad for the Yankees. It's bad for Luke Voigt. It's good for Jay Bruce who the Yankees had signed for a minor league contract and he thought didn't know what he was going to do. He had this agreement that if he didn't get put on this, the um, the 26 man roster, he was, he could be made available to the other teams, right? He, he did not want to languish in minor leagues. Well, mm -hmm. now they need him. Now they need him at first base. So now Jay Bruce is getting a chance with the Yankees and wow, it's a way different look for both the White Sox and the Yankees for opening day than anybody was expecting. I wonder if that affects our starting lineups. What do you think? You know, it what it does affect and actually make me feel a lot better about is our predictions, which we will get to after the starting lineups. But first, this is that exciting week where we get to unleash our starting lineups. If you've been listening to us for a little while over this whole winter dark season, we've been week by week uh, sort of profiling Different players, profiling, that sounds negative. I, what is it? Highlighting, highlighting, something positive. Um, our baseball boyfriends, the guys that we pick because they're cool off the field and there's something about each one of them that we absolutely adore. And now we've had to take this group of 30 and whittle them down to a group of 15 plus our pitching staff in order to field a fantasy baseball team that we're going to play with some of you all. And I'm so excited about the people who are participating. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for joining us. So I'm going to start off. I mean, I think we're going to go back and forth a little bit about this, or should I do my whole lineup? Should I do my whole lineup? However you think is best. All right. I guess, I guess I'll do the lineup and we'll go back and forth with, with the predictions. I think that okay. I'm at the end of the margarita. I'm going to introduce potty mouths posse. That is my, my team for the past uh, four years, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> and, and what got me totally screwed, I just want to say this in advance, though, is like usually as we're going along, we pay attention to how many guys we're picking at each position so that we have a little bit of choice at the end. And my two utility picks were both optioned. So I'm kind of pissed off about that. Johan Camargo and Santiago Espinal. Uh, Camargo, of course, of Atlanta and Espinal of Toronto. But I was so sad to see that today. And it threw me for a loop. This is one of the tricks because often we pick 
especially when we pick young guys yeah. who may or may not make the team just yet, or people who end up being, you know, trade chips that we don't see that coming. And we pick them back in, you know, in November or December. And then when it comes time to actually assign people to our roster, it's like, wait a minute, they're not there anymore. Yeah. How did that happen? And especially this is the weekend that a lot, I mean, they have to have these 26 man rosters finalized in a couple of days. And so a lot of movement happened this weekend. Guys got optioned, guys got DFA'd. So yeah, it, it's going to happen to a lot of us, I think. It was a little bit of a heartbreaking weekend. So I went through a little bit, a little bit more carefully after I found those out to make sure, and I hope I got this right, that my starting lineup is actually starting lineup. I know that my catcher, James McCann, is in, and I'm very excited. He's, you know, has has been sort of an underrated catcher and in defensive marks has been pretty low, but he's done a lot of improvement over this spring. And I saw some interesting stats about how Giolito, who I think we're both going to be talking about in, in a hot minute, his stats were markedly better when McCann was catching him. So I think I, I think that McCann as a defensive catcher, and I don't know how many defensive points we get, but we get some, right? Isn't that part of the equation? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right, good. Defense is sexy. So when I set Woo-hoo. up, as the commissioner, when I set up what we get points for, I definitely pick some defensive stats. I really appreciate that because I'm definitely coming back to defense there. So I've got James McCann as my catcher. I've got Jose Abreu on first base. Not bad. The the MVP for the American League last year. Second base, Cesar Hernandez, which I wasn't so sure about him when I first started learning about him because I didn't know about him until we did the spotlight. And through spring training, he's hitting 391. So I'm feeling pretty good about my second base there. For for the Rays, also, Willie Adames was a little bit of, you know, I was predicting that he was going to have a little bit of a breakout year, and he's doing 343 spring training. So very hopeful. My third base is definitely one of those uh, gut picks. Yeah, it's Nolan Arnato, who I drafted pretty much for this very reason to play him right about now. And that sexy defense, this is where. You are really going out on a limb with that pick. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty risky. Are you sure? Are you sure? You still have time. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm good with that one. Yeah, that was pretty much why why I chose him is because of this very moment. But the Gold Gloves, you know, those are those are going to come into play for the outfields. Of course, I'm going with my baby Juan Jose Soto Pacheco, Juan Soto, who we you know absolutely have adored, and he's getting lots of predictions for this year for being a big breakout dude at the you know young age of what is he 22 he's a baby he's a baby but he's my left fielder um going for another i have two mvps from 2020 in my lineup which i think is pretty fucking awesome Kyle Lewis from the Mariners second center field um Padres Trent Grisham little nervous cuz he had a very recent hamstring strain but they're saying he's going to be okay for opening day he might be a little bit late I thought it was fascinating, though, that the, the, the Athletic this year had an article this year. Okay, this week, this year would not be fascinating. This week, they had an article touting both of our Padres picks, um, Grisham and Cronenworth, at, nice. Cronenworth as, as underrated and gonna shine. So I feel pretty good about that. Um, so here's where I got fucked up on my utility. I did not plan backup but so i'm gonna try with isaiah keener falafa falafa that's falafel falafa 
<laughs> short stop. Now I'm hungry. The Rangers. First I, I want Mezcal, now I want falafel. What is this? And what, what you say, it makes me need something. I get cravings. It sounds like a winning combination, really. Mezcal like Marita and some falafel. I would totally go for that. But Falafel is going to be my utility guy, despite the fact that I think he got the lowest rating on on Fangraphs, Fantasy, whatever, for shortstop. But I, I don't know. I think he's going to be okay. We'll see. And for the Giants, Mauricio Dubon, I picked him for utility just because he's really an infielder and they're playing him in center field. So I'm hoping... That means I can just stick them in lots of places. I've got, um, got we we have to pick five guys for the bench, and I'm going with uh, I got to have a backup catcher, Miguel Amaya for the Cubs. I hope to fuck he's playing. Candelario first base, uh, Dodgers Gavin Lux figuring second base and short he can cover. Gio Urshela for the Yankees. I've, so here's here's what happened at this point. So I picked Urshela for my bench third base and I was like oh fuck I can't have a Yankee on my team without a Red Sox I just can't so at that point I was forced into my dilemma because I chose Jeter Downs for my Red Sox but he's second base and I don't need a second base and Franchi Cordero I had chosen at the Royals but he got traded over so at this point I have to officially relinquish Jeter Downs to anybody else on our fantasy league who would like him and I'm not sure he's locked in for making the uh, the roster, but I think he has a pretty good shot. I'm taking Franchi. Pitching, I've got the Padres. So starters, you Darvish, who has their opening day, and Blake Snell. Um, relievers, I'm going with Mark Belanson because he spent a year, albeit a very shitty year, on the Red Sox, and Emilio Pagan because I know him from the Rays as well. And so I just, I don't know. Two names that I knew, so I picked them. And then for the... Random four, I'm going with Joe Musgrove and Chris Paddock as the star, other starters. I'm going to take Lamette because I don't want somebody else in our league to take him. He probably won't be ready for a few weeks. So this might be a, a phenomenally stupid fantasy move for me. But when he's in, he's going to be amazing. So I'm going to take him now and Adrian Morajon. And that's my lineup. There it is. I like it. I think you did well. I think you did well. Hopefully not too well because yeah. I need to see you. But we'll see what happens. All right. So here's what I got for the commish starting lineup. For the Dodgers, my catcher is Will Smith. And just in case you're wondering, the pitcher Will Smith has also already been claimed by Ooh. one of our other one of our other um, fantasy team managers. So we've got both Will Smiths in action. And as I promised from the very beginning, Ryan Mountcastle is my first baseman because I made a I made a mercenary choice based on a prediction that I'm going to tell you about later. Uh, Marcus Simeon is my second baseman from the Blue Jays. Tommy Edmond, who I watched today play the Nats for the Cardinals. Um, shortstop. He's looking pretty darn good. A um, couple of my super young guys, Alec Bohm from the Phillies is my third baseman. And Joe Adele of the Angels is my center fielder. And of course, Christian Yelich, former MVP. And I think he's, this is the comeback year because like we said, we're not counting 2020, right? Right. And there's your gut pick right there. That's my gut pick. So he's my right fielder. And he's my my, my once and forever boyfriend now. So, <laughs> you know, and by forever, I mean until I pick somebody else. But he's my right. carryover from, you know, the last couple of years. Um, Jesse Winker of the Reds is my left fielder. And I wasn't the only one who picked him. So I got to I got to claim my co-host dibs 
and sweet. keep Jesse Wicker, which was weird because like some of the other guys, like no, um, Nolan Arenado, of course, was picked by other people, and but no, I mean clearly, but Why, Jesse Wicker was too. So how about that? Chad Pinter and Jake Cronenworth are my utility guys. So my bench, Carson Kelly of the Diamondbacks is my backup catcher. Ian Happ, who makes me coffee of the Cubs. <laughs> And Dominic Smith of the Mets and Clint Frazier of the Yankees are part of my bench. Let me briefly stop about Clint Frazier. My own child gave me crap about picking Clint Frazier because my own child is the one who scouted Clint Frazier for me and said, check this guy out. He'd be a great boyfriend for you. So Cam wanted him on on their team, right? And I agreed. And I said, yes, Clint Frazier is great. You're You're a fantastic scout. That's why I chose him. Thank you. And Cam, and actually your kid is on Cam's team as well. And they also <laughs> wanted Ryan Mountcastle and I got crap for, well, if you're going to name me for Camden Yards, um, you should let me have first pick with the O's. I'm like, sorry, babe. But there are other O's that they could pick. There are right? other O's. There are other O's. And my last guy on the bench is Andrew Stevenson, as we call him, the CW um, left fielder. And also, I'm um, sorry, pal Brian from LSU uh, was in contact because he's one of our managers. And he said he appreciated my pick of Andrew Stevenson because he watched him a lot when he played for LSU and thought he was pretty dang good. So That's I'm so cool. The best there. Yeah. And as you guys know from last week, I have the Cleveland pitchers. I've got, you know, former Cy Young winner, Shane Bieber. I've got I've got Tristan McKenzie, who, you know, some people are already picking as sort of an outlier for, for Cy Young this year. Um Savale, ah. Guantro, Plesak, Logan Allen, James Karinchak, and um and Phil Maton are my other Cleveland pitching staff members. So I'm feeling pretty good about my whole team. I'm pretty feeling pretty good about pitching. Uh, we'll see because, you know, we don't stack these, you know, because we're, we're picking a variety of guys because we think they're interesting. And then we choose our teams from that variety of guys that we think are cool, as opposed to the guys who we think are going to win everything. Sometimes those overlap. Well, and also because we can't pick more than one guy that we've picked before, we were we could not pick a shit ton of amazing players because we had picked them before. So I think other people in our league have all these pre-screened dudes that they can pick from easily. And I will say a lot of uh, the first couple of rosters that came in, many of the picks were our former boyfriends. So yeah. I'm hoping that that's because people did say, hey, you did the research. I'm going to go ahead and, and take them. Or it's because we have good eyes and you know we pick well. Does somebody have Mookie Betts? Not yet. Oh my God. I believe that no one's got Mookie yet. Mr. Pottymouth hasn't put his in yet, right? I told him to hurry up. I better. Okay, well, I'm going to tell him right now. I feel like texting him this moment. That's cheating. Mookie, damn that. Well, that's, is he, that's he, cheating. He, he could get Mookie, right? I can I can say that. If, if you know, if no one else has sent right. me in their roster while we're talking. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I just a little uh, a little alert just came out as we we're speaking on my screen from Mr. Potty Mouth that said, "You want more margarita?" <laughs> <laughs> the answer would be yes. All right. Oh my god, I want more margarita because I've had zero margarita. But so soon. I would like more than zero margarita, please. In, in, in like two weeks, you're going to be over this, and he'll be doing this for both of us. It'll be great over here. That is, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So soon. It's like, it's like just beyond opening day, just beyond opening day. Can I say for a second earlier um, with your margarita um, delivery, you misspoke and you said, hoping, 
And I'm just thinking <laughs> that's what I want to call opening day because I have not felt like this before with with opening day coming. Like there's there's so much hope involved with vaccines and with being able to see people you haven't seen for a while and being able to go to games you haven't gone to for more than a year. Oh, yeah. It is opening day, damn it. Hashtag opening day. Let's start that. That's right. We got it's a thing. That's a it's thing. A thing. All right, so after opening, there's a whole damn season, and people are going to get awards for how they do with this whole damn season. So we're really good at this. I want to just <laughs> put this out there that this is Patty's idea. <laughs> Patty thinks that we should do predictions and see how well they come out. So I'm sure that Patty's predictions will be amazing. I struggled on these, but actually, actually, this is fun. I'm, I totally, I'm joking because this is really a blast, and I. I had to, it's, it's for me, it's always that like meshing my, what I want to happen with what reality says is going to happen. And I'm not good at that. That is the hardest thing. It's like what yeah. I want, what I want, what I really, really want. And then, oh yeah, except these guys. Yeah. Right. It's hard. Which is why I am not calling the Yankees, but I will get there in a minute. So rookie of the year. I'm calling Bobby Dahlbeck, who is from the Red Sox and has been hugely overlooked. You know, I've seen a lot of stuff on uh, shit. Your Mariners boyfriend Kelnick, right? Uh -huh. and, and, and Mount Castle and and other folks, and not anything on Bobby Dahlbeck. But I've been paying a little bit of attention to the Red Sox. This kid has hit seven I hear home that you runs. Do that sometimes, just, just <laughs> on occasion, on a whim. This kid has hit seven home runs in spring training, including two grand slams. Is batting 311 with 1.214 OPS. I'm I'm thinking he's gonna be like just this come from behind, take it over. You heard it here first, folks. Rookie of the year, American League, Bobby Dalback. National League, I picked Nian Anderson because it was the name that I recognized on the list of National League prospects. And I wanted to one more time make an old old person joke about waiting for him to pitch on one leg. So I That's appreciate her. that about you. Thank you, Thank <laughs> is, you for that. That is Thank exactly why I picked for him. Anyone under the age of 45, Google mm -hmm. Jethro Tull. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Okay. Hey, so way back in the fall, at the beginning of the boyfriend season, I profiled <laughs> Ryan Mountcastle of the O's. And I said, this is mercenary. I want him because he's going to be rookie of the year. Yeah. So clearly I'm taking Ryan Mountcastle as American League rookie of the year. And also because the Orioles need something. Yeah. They are like predicted to win like 65 games. I mean, it's, it's horrific. The, the outlook and the predictions for the O's this year and Ryan Mountcastle is going to be a shining star and it may help him stand out more because there's actually a lot of American League guys that I think are really good contenders, including Jared um, Kelnick, mm -hmm. who, um, you know, just got sent down to AAA, but I know we'll it's come back and, I know we'll do well. and he's on the top of a lot of people's lists and I really do like him a lot. So he's my, like, if anything were to happen, he is my emergency backup, first runner up to Miss America, whatever. But yeah, but I'm definitely Ryan Mountcastle. He is my guy. For the National League, that was also difficult for me. I had a couple of guys, and interestingly, we both picked pitchers on the National League. And I picked Sixto Sanchez from Good the one. Marlins. Yeah, you know, he's Very a regular good. pitcher. He's only 22. Um, he's somebody we haven't profiled before, but he's an interesting guy. He had his debut late enough in 2020, pitched few enough innings that he's still 
would be considered a rookie this year and eligible. And again, I need the Marlins to have some representation here. So I'm, I'm, I'm throwing in for Sixto Sanchez. I think that's an awesome pick. That's, that's really a good pick. And I saw a little bit about him, but I just had to make the pitching on one leg comment. So there you go. MVP American league. I, um, I came really close to picking Mike Trout. And then I was like, that is just so fucking boring. That's why like we haven't picked him as our boyfriend. So I'm going to go with your ex-boyfriend or former boyfriend, Tim Anderson from the White Sox, because I think the White Sox, despite the obvious uh, stress with Eloy Jimenez, but having a little bit of faith in, in your friend Vaughn, I think the White Sox are going to have a breakout year. And I think Tim Anderson is going to be a huge leader part of it. So I am good with Tim Anderson for my MVP on the American League. And on the National League side, I struggled. There were too many on that side. There were too many. Came this close to picking Mookie Betts, this close to picking Juan Soto. And I had to go for Tatis Jr. because of the flash, just because of its and, – and because I'm going heavy Padres here. So, hey, Padres friends, I am here for you this year. Yep. For the American League, I came this close to picking Jose Ramirez again. I've picked him before, and he mm-hmm. didn't have that year that year. But he's pretty high in a lot of prediction lists, Like, but I, I've done it already. And I'm not going for the top picks. I'm going a little outside the box, and I'm going with my my recent boyfriend from the Oakland A's, Matt Chapman. Hey, I, I think what the hell I think he can do it. I think he can do it. This is my long shot of all of these. I think he's my longest shot, but I do like him. I really do. And I think yeah. he's got, he's got mad skills and this could be the time. This could be the time. So I, I'm all in for, for one of the welcome mats, Matt, Matt Chapman from the A's. And I did go for the chosen one. I went for ESPN cover boy. No, it's not oh, a sports yeah. Illustrated. It's a sports illustrated cover boy. I can't remember which one it is, but he's a cover boy. And, um, Juan Soto is going to have the freaking year of his life. It's his turn. I am all in. I think he should have been higher up last year. He was amazing last year. This is it. This is Juan's year. And it's going to be the first of many, I think. So I am all in for Juan Soto. I'm so excited about these young guys. Like the, It's just so much fun to watch. Uh, so our next category is Cy Young. For the American League, as part of my White Sox romp, I'm going with Lucas Giolito, who had, you know, had a couple of great years. So why not? I think I think he's got it. And then National League, I'm going to go with Blake Snell with the Padres. I think that he has a chip on his shoulder and he has something to prove. And I think that the Padres are going to have a phenomenal year and past Cy Young winner. Why not do it again? I think he can do it again. All right. Well, I got to say, I agree with the Giolito pick because I also picked Lucas Giolito because I need some White Sox representation there. And my team predictions involve a little bit of magic happening. And I think that Lucas Giolito has a little bit of magic. And I would love to see him. I, I could easily have gone with Bieber again for a repeat. I'm like, you know what? He may very well be the guy, but I don't want to, re- I don't want to just, you know, rest on that. I think this could be Giolito's breakout. So I'm hoping for that. For the National League, I went with Walker Bueller. Bueller? Bueller? Bueller. Just so we could say that? 
so you know, also that's a benefit. That's a side yeah. benefit. So we can we can do that joke, which he never hears, and it's certainly not you know music you hear while he's pitching or anything. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's that good, and he's on a freaking amazing pitching staff, and yet he's that good. So I'm I'm going with Walker Bueller. I think it might be his turn. All right, now we get to the 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 tough the stuff yeah so who's gonna who's gonna win in each division so if we're gonna start with the american league american league east i i can't say the y word i just can't i just can't even though everybody else is saying it i'm not gonna say it i'm gonna say toronto because i think they have a lot of pieces that are gonna come into play and i think that the y word has a couple of um Stresses like you named one earlier, so I'm going with Toronto for the AL East. I you know, and also in that same like what you want and what's reality. I I just can't say Red Sox this year. So so be it. Yeah, you really for can't. many reasons. But, so yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and say Yankees because again, mercenary. I'm going with predictions, not with what my heart wants. Yeah, and the Yankees are gonna run the fuck away with it. Uh, I really no. I, they are. They just are. They can't. I mean. Eve, I was going to say, unless they all get down with injuries, but they did all get down with injuries and they still came back. They are kind of indestructible and they are deep. And again, this is not my Spice Girls pick. This is not what I want, what I really, really want. Right. This is, this is <laughs> if I had to put money on it, it would be Yankees. I, I just honestly think that their pitching is vulnerable. I think I think that that's going to be a rough spot for them. Not that you know not that Toronto's forty million solid, home but. runs, and so their pitching isn't going to matter as much because they will still outscore everybody by like ten each game. All right, moving on to the to the Central <laughs> AL Central. I'm going to go with the White Sox. They're fun, and you know, fuck the manager, but the the players are awesome. So hopefully, they can o- overcome that situation. This is one of those few divisions where it's kind of a toss up for a lot of people who are looking for who's going to come in. Number one, a lot of people are trying to decide between the White Sox and the twins. Yeah. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Looks like we both went for the White Sox on this one, which again, fuck the manager and oh my God, Eloy Jimenez. But still, I think a little bit of magic. I think a little bit of magic is going to get the White Sox to, um, to come in above the twins. Yeah, they have enough other players who are going to do that. My 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 guy Luis Robert. Uh, and then wait, where where am I on the? You're on the West. You're on the AL West. On the AL West, that would be Oakland. I can't find it on my notes, but I know I said Oakland. Haste, two strike noise. That's that's where it's going to go. We've got there's those the welcome mats and so many other blind my Kanha, so many cool guys. We are absolutely in agreement with that. Oakland all the way for the AL West. All right, so wild card game. I'm going to say the why why word because I I mean I can't negate that the Yankees are going to have a decent year, and I think it's going to be Yankees Twins. All right, well I think you're half right. I think this is the Twins for sure, right? See, this is when you have a toss up, you get mm-hmm. the the wild card as backup. I mean, right. I'll still be wrong if it's not that, but at least I get to use both the White Sox and the Twins. I think the Twins are going to end up in the wild card, but I think they are going to be up against the Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays are, you know, not going to pull out ahead for the pennant, but I think they're going to show their stuff in the wild card because magic. Yeah. And well, that's interesting because you and I have Blue Jays and Yankees swapped. So, yep. 
We'll, we'll see what happens. This is going to be fun. We could both right. be wrong. I hope not. <laughs> I, well, I hope that we're both wrong for the Yankees. I'm fine with that if they like tank somehow. All right. And at least, yeah, breaking it breaks my heart not to be able to say the Nationals. It really does. But I don't think they're going to take the NL East. I think the Mets are. The Mets really are not only good, but fun. I'm. They have such a fun team. So that's going to be hard as a Nats fan, but fun to watch. So that's the other one of the other divisions where there's a big a big argument between the Mets and Atlanta, right? For who's right. going to come in first over there? And I agree with you because of magic. Mm-hmm. I think. With numbers, I might have to give the edge to the Braves, but I think the Mets with Lindor, with new ownership, with a lot of with a lot of like intangibles happening around them, I think they are on um, they're on the ups. They're 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 heading that the, the momentum is carrying them up. So I really feel like this could be the Mets year. Well, and they have the pitching too. They have such solid pitching, and I might be a little bit you know slanted from following Marcus Stroman on Twitter so much, but he has such a beautiful attitude. He's just, he just like exudes positivity and love and respect. And I adore the guy. See, that's the magic part because Atlanta's pitching is pretty solid. Mm -hmm. I mean, Atlanta, I would put Atlanta's pitching up against Mets pitching, but magic, if I'm going to throw magic in there, it definitely goes to the Mets. Magic is such a good thing. All right. uh, Central. I'm going with the Cardinals. I really love the fact that Yachty and Wainwright are back. And talk about magic. Like, there's something about them both being there together. You know that it, it could be the last year for either one of them. And I don't know, something something beautiful is going to happen in St. Louis. Well, damn, because I agree. So we can't even All argue right. about that. How about the West? I have Padres. So I have Padres. So this is the, the last the last and final place where there is huge argument and the smart money, which we have, we have no money, the smart right. money goes on the Dodgers for sure. But the magic mm-hmm. goes to the Padres. Absolutely. And I think that the Padres are going to pull it out for the pennant. I it's but everything has to fall into place because the Dodgers have the numbers on their side. They have the on their side. They have the depth on their side. They have their pitching. I think is pretty close. That with you know they have excellent pitching. The Padres have excellent pitching. It could go, but I think add you know add Tinkerbell in there to wave the wand and throw a little magic and it's it's Padres. So um, yeah, I'm I am agreeing. I am agreeing with you there. Totally. But I think for the wild card, it's going to be Dodgers Brewers. Brewers, Brewers. Yeah. Why do you think Brewers? I uh, lack of other idea for for what's happening. I don't know. I just felt like that they were the the runner up in the central. So, see, I I used my um my wild card as my emergency backup plan. That's where okay. I put Atlanta because uh, that makes sense. You know, Atlanta and Mets were a really hard decision for me to make because I think Atlanta is in fact that good. And of course, again, uh, running the numbers. Dodgers and Atlanta should win the divisions, but with magic, they don't, but they could also, they could see each other in the wild card. All right. I just, I guess I'm so used to seeing Brewers in the, in the wild card that. Cause one of our favorite games was, was against the Brewers in a wild card. That was it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now we're down to the world series. Who's going to be the matchup. 
I would love, and this is way more heart than logic. I would love to see <laughs> the White Sox and the Padres. That is my dream. I would, I would be so happy. That would be such a fun game. I love the guys who play for the White Sox. I despise Tony Larusa. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to punish the guys. That's true. That. But I also think the dreaded Yankees. I think they're a juggernaut. Ugh. I think the dreaded Yankees are going to make it all the freaking way to the World Series. They'll lose, though, right? You know, I think so. I think they would lose okay. to the Padres. I'm hoping they'll lose to the Padres. I think you're right about the seven games. I think, you know, it's going to, it would be a long series, which I hope is the case. I really do love a game seven. You may know that about me, but I think, you know, much as I hate it, I think it's the Yankees, but I'll get to wear my Slam Diego t shirt during the week of the World Series. So that makes it all okay. So I think maybe we can both be in agreement that it'll be Padres and seven, whatever it is. Yep. All yep. right. Far out. Uh, manager of the year. I just, I like Charlie Montoya of, of Toronto. Just, that's just, that's the basis of, of my decision. And Jace Tingler, I'm hoping for having sort of a, a, a magical year in which he comes to grips with the fact that it's fun to do bl- bat flips and embraces his players. Yeah. So I don't disagree with your choices. Although here's the thing where I'm, or I'm going, I'm going on a limb here. I'm thinking that Luis Rojas of the Mets mm. because of magic, he's Fun. in such a tough spot, right? He wasn't supposed to be the manager last year, but you know, people got fired. And so all of a sudden he was the manager and he's got this crazy team that got put together and this new owner and the fans have just been, you know, re-energized. Right. And I think there's a lot of, again, the pieces of magic might be falling in place. So I think he's a huge outlier. He's a huge outlier, but what the hell I'm going to go mm-hmm. with Luis Rojas for the national league. And I don't disagree with, with Montoya for, for the American league. I don't, manager of the year is hard because sometimes manager of the year really has to be based on intangibles that you don't see right. coming. Like Don Mattingly got it because like the Marlins came out of nowhere, right? You, you right. didn't see that coming. They were hit so hard by COVID. They ended up making the playoffs. Mattingly had to manage so deep into their farm system to field mm-hmm. a team. And you don't know that's going to happen. So I think there's, there's a lot of, of randomness and serendipity and all of that. So I don't know that I could pick any farther outside of the box at this time. Yeah. I'm wondering if we should have looked at Dusty. So, cause Astros could, it's just so hard to root for the Astros. But. Yeah. That, that's see, boy, we really run into this because, you know, we love Dusty. We both love yeah. Dusty with all of our hearts and hate. And I personally hate that he's with the Astros, but there you go. He's magic. All right, I'm going to do a super brief international rundown. No, you're not. Not yet, you're not. <laughs> oh, no? Oh, okay, we, have a fun, we have a fun to watch category. This is this is Patty's baby. This is the best pet category. Who's going to be fun to watch? Fucking the Padres are going to be fun to watch. They've got so much shit going on. It's going to be fun. Padres. You know, so for me, I, I've i already assumed Padres are fun to watch because I have them pick to win the entire freaking World Series. Right. So I'm going a little outside and picking the Blue Jays. I know, you know, you've talked about them a bunch already, but all those young guys, all those yeah. like second generation ball players who I think are now seasoned enough to really come into their own and not just be quirky and fun, but to really gel. 
Yeah. And, and they've got some, you know, they've, they've got some veterans that have joined him. And I think that they're going to be quite the thing to watch. I'm going to try to catch them as often as I can. Yeah. I mean, you're watching them because you have them winning a lot of things. I don't have them winning as many things as you do. So they're, my, they're like my, my side hustle. All right. Well, that's, it's, I'm so excited. This is like going to start really soon. I'm so excited oh my God. that we can I'm start. I'm giddy. It's almost opening day. So exciting. <laughs> but you know, it was opening day in Taiwan a couple of weeks ago, and there's been all sorts of fun shit happening over there. And I was, I've been practicing and should, I should have, I should have queued up our friend Jan, Daniel Shi saying this, saying this name. It's Shu Ho Shi. I'm pretty sure that's it. Shu Ho Shi. Does it again. I talked about him last week and I really. Is he the one you called a hot rookie? Yes. He's still an absolutely hot rookie today, this morning, or last night, if you're in Taiwan, 10 strikeouts and 4.2 innings. And last week I had some math problems, but what happened last week was 11 strikeouts and 3.2. So yes, going up a little bit, but still holy shit, this kid has like three outings and an ERA is like 0.72. He's 20 years old. I'm wondering if we're going to see him here someday. Like this is crazy stuff. He's doing really well. This sounds like bright future for damn sure. Yep. Yeah. So folks, if you haven't started yet, wake up in the, well, don't, you don't even have to wake up that early. It depends on which coast you're on, I guess. If you're on the East coast, it's not so bad because the games are always like four hours. So you know, if they start at 6.30 on a weekday, you can catch them. And the, the thing is, there's now weekly English watch-alongs. And if you follow our friend Daniel Shi on Twitter, and I forgot to write down his actual tag, so look at our show notes, or Patrick Melbourne, they're doing weekly pretty much English uh, calling of the game. So you can watch on Twitch or if you can buy CPBL TV, depends on what week it is and what's being broadcast. And then you can listen in English and it's super fun. The problem is that these things they're doing are really geared better for the West Coast people because they're two in the morning games, East Coast time, 11 p.m. West Coast. So I have not been able to deal with that. Like I can deal with getting up early, but I can't stay up till two in the morning. But if any of you can listen to them, because there's cool stuff happening. And for my Lions, this is the team that that won the Taiwan series last year that I am a forever fan of, but is not doing so well this year. I think they're actually, yes, they're actually in the absolute gutter right now out of five teams. But Suchiche got 100 home runs yesterday. 100 home run, well, not one day, but, you know, he hit his his 100 (laughs) home run mark right while the Lions were losing. And on Patty's end for the Monkeys, there is a new monkey in town. And, And this is the funnest part. Well, one of the fun parts about CPBL is the mascots are hysterical. And the monkeys have a variety of mascots at this point. They have Victor, the very tough monkey. And then they have the really cute monkey that I think is just monkey. And now they have Rocky, which is kind of in between. He's got like the kind of almost cute monkey face, but a little bit of a snarl. So I think Rocky is worth watching. I have to look at him because in the past, I have named Victor the game face monkey and what you and, and and the one named monkey is the don't scare the children monkey. And then so now we've got one kind of in between. All right. Kind I'll of in between. Rocky. Rocky. 
Yeah. All right. All more, right. The I'll, more yeah. monkeys, the merrier is what I say. It's a barrel. It's an entire barrel of monkeys. I like it. It, it totally is. And today, this very day, I figured out that I could watch KPB, KBO, just three letters, Korean baseball, <laughs> on something called Naver TV app. It works live. And I got this tip from Dan Kurtz, who's at my KBO on Twitter. You can watch it live, but you can't watch it recorded. So that means you do have to wake up early or late, depending on your point of view. But check it out. N-A-V-E-R TV app works for KBO right now while they're in spring training. I don't know if it's going to change when the season starts, but that's my helpful hint for the moment. Good to know. So baseball at all hours. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. That's my motto. All right. So the only thing more exciting to me than opening day is <laughs> I, get, love that. I, get, I get vaccine number two tomorrow. So I will be officially two weeks away from superpowers and I am giddy. I am double giddy between my vaccine and also opening day on Thursday. I took the day off of work, even though I'm not going to a ballpark. I have my my, my late husband Senator's jersey, which I always wear on opening oh, day. I love it. I've got, I've got beer in the fridge. I have soft pretzels in the freezer that I can bake to be hot and fresh during the game. And I'm just going to all freaking day long watch as many games as I can cram in and, and celebrate because, boy, do I love opening day. Okay. And I, I have a... I, I don't really need more margaritas. Oh, no. Something oh, no. Oh, no. Kids at home, Mr. Potty Mouth has just dumped the remainder of the <laughs> margarita into Potty Mouth's glass. And this is, this is, wow. Um, I'm glad we're about to sign off because I can't be responsible for what's going to be said. <laughs> I was going to say, if y'all have been listening this long, oh, man. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to say, yeah, opening day. I'm excited. <laughs> You're on spring break, right? You're allowed to drink. I, I am. I'm on spring break. Uh, oh, that's, a lovely, that's a lovely thing. Hey, whether or not you're on spring break, you might want to check out some past episodes of No Crying in Baseball. And it's too late to join our fantasy league, but you might want to pick up some guys yourself to watch throughout the season. Please tell your friends if you think they'd like to hear us talk about baseball. Find us on social media. Hang out with us on Twitter at NCIV Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball. As you get ready for opening day, make sure you keep wearing your masks, keep your distance, wash your hands, fight the man. Oh my God, especially now. Please, please fight the man. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. <laughs> Way good night. Good night. When mezcal is a choice, it's always the right answer. Yeah.